And music. All right, welcome to Black Hills Information Security, talking about the news. Thank you, everybody, for joining. I have no idea that we were going to actually start this right now, or let alone <laughs> that we were going to start this with this many people. But here we are, literally flying this plane right now, and <laughs> Ryan's in the back putting the engine to keep it going. So uh, for everyone- I'm putting uh, in the oil right now. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I had no idea we are going to start this, but it doesn't matter. Here we are. Let's do it. Uh, let's talk about some news. We have a huge cast right now. I, I don't think I know everyone's name off the top of my head. So <laughs> I'm not even sure how to say some of their usernames. Name, yeah, right. I could go right <laughs> off the usernames, right? Uh, but uh, I think this is going to be the biggest newscast ever and hopefully the greatest. So uh, we will dive into some news articles. I think you guys are calling yourself the Nerd Herders, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> all right, so I'm all going to ask you very detailed questions about every article that we talk about, and we're going to go into long discussions about how this is going to change the world. No, I'm just kidding. But anyways, <laughs> I got let's, this. Let's start with our first article, which you guys were already talking about before we even started flying and building this plane, this whole thing that we started doing, right? But uh, this is Microsoft. I feel like it's the buzz right now. I've had like four people message me about this today. Uh, Microsoft in talks uh, with Discord over a $10 billion plus acquisition, right? So I already think we know the name for this. This is unofficial. It's going to be Microsoft Discord for Teams is my guess, and it's going to be amazing. What do you guys think about this, good or bad? Who actually uses Teams? Because I have little, the little experience I have in Teams is horrible. Like yeah. just trying to figure it out, it just isn't intuitive. Is there a possibility that they just drop teams completely and just migrate to Discord? I mean, <laughs> no, no. I, I, you guys tell me because I don't use Teams, but they incorporate Teams with SharePoint. So SharePoint in the background archives files. You can share files, and one of the benefits of Teams. Let's look at Skype, where if you type a message to someone in Skype and you come back the next day that message is gone. You have to go in your mailbox and look up the history. So Teams, much like Discord with that archival process, allows you to, hey, if you send someone a host name or they tell you where a document is, you know, and you forget that, you can go back two days, you can scroll up and find that. So that's what I like about Teams and the same thing with Discord. I think one of the things we have to think about is Microsoft has had some really big outages with Azure and O365. A couple weeks ago, it actually brought down most organizations' abilities to collaborate. So if, if Azure AD is the back end for Discord in some scenarios, and they have an outage, now we have another tool brought into the mix that will be affected by that. So that would be my concern. I don't know what anybody else thinks about so that. I guess let's put a security perspective on this because I know we kind of all have like this like personal opinion about what we think about some chat platform. And in fact, the crazy part is there's a chat war going on right now with everyone at home and it's who's on what chat platform and if you like that or whatever it may be. But um, I know for one thing for me, when I'm looking at something like Teams 
or um, especially teams, right, in the enterprise, because these are enterprise uh, applications, um, is all the information that ends up in those platforms, right? All these employees talking about all kinds of things, right? And actually data mining that uh, when I'm on engagements or I'm looking at other things like that. And, you know, this this in particular with a Discord acquisition could be just another ingester, right? Another place to find that information. Um, it, it definitely is interesting and it's an interesting pivot. I don't blame Microsoft for wanting to do this, right? I'm wanting another platform in the chat war to try to gobble them all up. But um, when I do think about from the security side, I, I just get excited because I've gotten into Slacks before for a company, and it was uh, it, it was a it was a heaven. It was gold mine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, there's a lot of fun stuff there. I think it'll kind of depend on what they do with it because you know he was talking about how. Uh, Skype is at work and that's not how Skype is at home. And that, that was my first comment, right? Like they yep. ruined Skype in my opinion when they bought it. <laughs> and so like, what are they going to do to discord? And so I, I guess if they do what they did with Skype in that sense of like, well, everything just goes now to your email and it's not left there because your original Skype, I can still go back in my personal Skype and find things forever. And same thing with my Discord. So I, I guess it depends on what they do if they do move it to the workplace. From from a security standpoint, too, because like how you're saying, you got into a company Slack server, right? So Slack is, you can have, you have different, we were talking about this earlier, you have different users and different channels. Sometimes you get misconfigured. You don't know which user for which channel, whereas in Discord, it's one user for everything. So if you compromise one Discord user, you're going to have access probably to that company Discord channel and whatever else that user is also logging into. Yeah, That's I mean, it, it could be a plethora of servers that you get access yeah. to at one point. Maybe a bunch of ones you don't want to get access to, you know, maybe some work <laughs> ones, who knows, right? Like, there's there's a lot of Discords out there. In fact, they, <laughs> I didn't know this until Jason explained it, but you can make folders for how many servers there are, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, there you get to the organization piece. But um, yeah, I don't know. I hope they don't buy it. I, I hope it stays independent. Um, but you know, you never know. And and again, like I said, back into this chat war idea and the chat wars. I, I think we're going to see more of this. And I think regrettably, we're also going to see more companies, you know, in this kind of merge together. I know Slack's had a hard time, um, you know, making it in that in that space because. Microsoft came out with Teams and it kind of was like, oh, I already have Office 365 as an enterprise. Why would I pay extra for Slack? And Slack knew that when they saw that and they were actually really upset about this. Um, And they probably, or they did, excuse me, uh, proceed with an antitrust case uh, against Microsoft in this case, right? But- um, One of the things too with with Teams is that you can invite guests into your environment and you can incorporate that with conditional access. Yep. So you can put rules on there where, hey, we're going to collaborate with, with third-party vendors. We're going to have consultants come in. But the requirements are that you need to have multi-factor authentication. You know, you can set up those conditional access rules that, hey, you just send them the invite. They go do the enrollment process. Azure does the back end. There's yeah. benefit in that. And, and I think having that, you know, I don't know if Discord has that because I don't do administration in Discord. But I do know in the gaming world, Microsoft is really trying to increase their presence. Yeah. If they can get this Discord in, they can get that mat, that secret sauce that that Discord has, and then feed that into their ecosystem for gaming. That could be a huge game changer for you know it's an it's another revenue stream that they have, and the security implications obviously are important. I really like what you say about 
getting into those those channels and getting access and then getting information from people. I'm sure I can go and say, hey, what's this password over here? Someone will give it. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of social engineering examples in there too. I, I mean, so, but uh, in general, I think that Microsoft would pivot this more for gaming most likely um, yeah. and probably not replace Teams. It's a fun joke to say that we have a, you know, seven word chat name you know, program, but, uh, you know, they probably will integrate this with Xbox and kind of move on. Yeah, that's, that's a good point yeah. with the Xbox. But I think more is a question of that maybe they will actually ditch Skype now. Because I hope Skype. they do. <laughs> no, Skype is my friend. That's how I get in, okay? <laughs> uh, all right. So. Uh, I've got another article for us today. This is a little bit more security related. I did think it was fun to bring up Discord, but you know, because we all got that uh, strong opinion. Um, and since we're flying this ship, I just realized that I only shared one screen, so now I get to reselect it again. All uh, right, hold on one second here. All right, this may be a little bit better. All right, so. My next article today is from Krebs on security. This is actually one that I've tried to bring up uh, on the last stream that got blue screen of death because we're having issues and now we've got a new plane, so let's go. Uh, and this one is about We Leaked Info. For everyone who doesn't know, We Leaked Info is a database aggregator, or they were a database aggregator, and they would gather all of the breaches that have been publicly released and put them into one database so you could search for information. They were grabbing credit cards, doing some kind of nasty stuff, and they were selling that access. Well, um, these guys got caught, and um, they were arrested. I believe they were from the UK. Um, and the FBI, or whoever, yeah, it was the FBI. The FBI seized the domain name, okay? And they held on to that domain. Uh, these guys were arrested. The site was taken offline, and the domain lapsed meaning that it actually expired. Uh, they had seized the domain, but somebody, it now went into the open market space. Somebody <laughs> decided that they would buy that domain in the mo open market space, and then they actually went and got on to the Stripe account because obviously they had an email associated with Stripe still. They didn't have time probably to go delete it, and then they had the domain now, so they created the email address that related to the Stripe account and logged into and got all of the customer information from this database leaking site. So a uh, fun way to breach another site <laughs> database by, by just a domain takeover, right? Uh, crazy stuff here. Um, I guess I'll break this out for two questions. One, what do you guys think about just database leak sites in general? And then two, uh, what do you guys think about the fact that, uh, you know, this domain takeover, right? Um, like, why the FBI is so lazy, I guess? I, I don't know, well, right? Does the FBI now have to give all those people uh, credit card credit monitoring software because they let it lapse? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, they must give all credit. No, I have no idea if that's the case. But uh, that is the, always the first thing they do. They're like, you know what? Yeah. We're really sorry that we're bad stewards of your personal information. So we're going to offer credit card monitoring so you feel better. WeLeak info was our, always in a very interesting gray area specifically because it was stolen data most of the yep. time and not public breaches mm -hmm. that they were reselling. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to then get that breached and have your customer database breached on top of that is rough. I, I know I, I heard some people going through the breach. They found, you know, .gov accounts going in and purchasing this information, which uh, has an interesting implication if that is kosher with department policy. <laughs> That's just bad OPSEC. <laughs> it is it also bad OPSEC. Why? <laughs> You got yeah. that email? Come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think of, think think about this. I feel like it's a big circle of life here because the things that you care about on these uh, public breaches are when people register with company names, right? And that's actually, if you guys listen to the um, to the most recent um, uh, what. Darknet Diaries, they talked about LinkedIn and how that spread. And the way that it spread was really just credential stuffing, right? After he was able to get that first database, he found other users' email addresses, grabbed those passwords, and they were password reuse against other things. And that's when it led to Dropbox and a lot of other things like that, right? And so um, it is funny when you do see, you know, .gov email addresses inside of the payment processor, like, you know, like, that that really like hones in at who's buying this, right? Like it really it really pinpoints you. Uh, so again, back to that opsec, um, and also just kind of funny too, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think like everybody with with the uh, WeLeak info, it's it's kind of the opposite of what Troy's doing with Have I Been Pwned, where a lot of the information that he's providing is free to the public. It's it's not, or it's it's generally available just for a security sake instead of we leak info being the ones that are trying to sell for profit, I guess people's information. So it's a little bit difficult from that perspective of kind of trying to balance the, the databases that are available and, and public for people from a security research perspective. It's great because you can go to one place and get a lot of the information, but it's kind of tough whenever you're looking at it from a public perspective. So I mean, the real question I have, and I kind of have my opinion on this, is is it good or better, or is it better that the security industry has this information so that we know that it's been breached, we know this user needs to change this password, so on and so forth, or is it worse that threat actors have this information as well? Because we, you know, we have to assume that there are a lot of victims inside of here who have no idea their data was breached, have no idea what a breach is or how that works, and they continue to use, reuse the same password, and then that's how this spreads, right? And that's kind of the piece of the organized crime that you mm-hmm. that you know gets leveraged, right? So, what do you guys think about that? I think. I think was, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think somebody who's trying to do you know quote unquote good with this information probably doesn't need the plain text passwords. So, if it really was only about securing things, then I don't think the database should contain those clear text things. You know, and sell them. So, yeah. so, so you're mean, saying, you know, we we shouldn't have the clear text password. It should just be something to see if your name has been breached, right? Yeah, or I mean, maybe redacted or something. But if, sure. if you really sell plain text passwords, they're going to get used by by attackers for sure. So, just to throw another monkey wrench in here too, there are companies right now who sell access. Mm-hmm to um, these breaches, but not in the way that you would think, right? So they sell access to see if your password's just been compromised. In fact, <laughs> that's kind of what uh, Have I Been Pwned did, is that 
they hashed yeah. all of them and so that you could do it. and so i mean one thing we'll recommend to customers on engagements when they have weak password policies is to use some kind of service that can check uh blacklisting right password blacklisting and those rely on databases of commonly used passwords you know not just inputted passwords stuff like that right because you know there's not a whole lot of people going to the site hey enter your good password so we can help security like you know <laughs> yeah. no what what would be the difference between them selling it to everybody then one of these intelligence companies getting it scraping it and then only selling it to their to their customers so that's that's my first logic cuz this is a very gray area right so it you is. could and i don't see any difference between that besides the one people are just sell, possibly selling it to bad actors but they're doing exactly the same thing as say like Recorded Future or any of those other intelligent companies that grit these databases and go through it. I think it definitely is a gray area. It's helping the good, but it's also helping the bad. I think this is definitely more of like a personal standards type of deal. And in the long run, it can help, but in the, in the short run, it's definitely bad. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this is stuff that's going to happen. Whether yeah. I think, you know, we kind of brought this up, um, or at least I did on the last news when we talked about GitHub, right? And I think that runs into the same lines about, you know, whether these POCs should be out in the open or that should they be, you know, kind of in the dark gray area. And, and this, I think, goes for public breaches, too. Um, once it's kind of out there, it's out there. And whether we kind of whether we like it or not, whether we feel or our feelings about whether we should be out there, it no one cares about our feelings. Like, it's going to happen. And there's always going to be somebody who is willing to sell it. Um, willing to utilize it in negative and in positive ways, right? So, um, yeah, it it just kind of is life, right? Um, I, I think it's a good argument definitely for having the internal and external emails, right? Because yeah. then you have only the people on the inside having the right emails and you know that that's where those emails hopefully are coming from versus if it's been one of the stolen ones, then you can deal with it in a different way. Yeah, I mean, every time I see a breach, I'm just like, hey, don't use the same password first, no. right? Um, and then uh, know that this is, you know, this is happening and that your organization could be affected because not everyone in your organization has great password hygiene, right? Um, yeah, and password them. and then also just from a security standpoint of creating two sets of email addresses yeah. for each person so that you have the one on the outside and the one on the inside. Yeah, uh, definitely good stuff. The other stuff. thing to think about, too, is the threat actors are going to continue to use credential stuffing if it keeps working. Yeah. Right? People yeah. continue to use the same password in this over and over again, and that's the danger, too. So I think there is benefit for that information to be, we're talking about a site that sells this information, but to be available so that people are like, hey, why? wait, I use this password for my bank and I use it for my utilities and I use it for my car payment and wow, I really should probably have a different password. Maybe that'll help people to understand, I mean, help people to understand that it really is serious and, you know, and then you're sharing your Netflix password with people. But that <laughs> password happens to be the same password that you use for, you name it, right? Yeah, people don't, think about that and then they share it with somebody or they write it down and then i mean you need to share your netflix password or then we'd all have to have an account right that's horrible right. So. <laughs> right. Right. that's a totally different problem that i mean netflix is 
tap tip tap towing around like what they're going to do, right? Like, mm-hmm. but anywho. Um, all right. So I actually have another article. Um, and this one is a little bit of a follow-up. So if you guys listened to our last uh I think it was two newscasts ago, we were talking about uh Vercada and um they are the IP camera solution. Somebody found the credentials. Well, I guess the person who logged in got caught. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of uh what'd you think? I don't know. I I think in the article, they talk about the fact that, you know, they were kind of boasting about what they did uh, and that they were able to log in all these web cameras. Um, And I think this article really starts to get into responsible disclosure, not just like saying you're got bad security, ha, 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 and then being surprised when, you know, companies take it seriously and, you know, try to, uh, you know, uh, put law enforcement and, you know, breaking laws that you've actually done here. Um, So what do you guys think? I think someone was listening to MC Oh My. They found some cred and said, tonight it's going down. You know, the creds were available online. And yes, you know, getting in and the fact that someone logged in from probably not a normal IP address with super admin level, that the Vercata company should have alerts that say, hey, we have an anomalous login. Sure. Let's check this out. Right. They didn't realize it until someone had posted it online and it became public. And then the uh, actor researcher lost their access. Right. So how long from them getting us to them losing their access? What what span of time was that? And the companies that are using Vercata as a service really need to take a look at that, especially big name companies like uh Tesla, Tesla one, not yeah. sure if you heard of them. And then correctional <laughs> facilities, too. There are big liability implications there, especially with people's uh, personal information and sensitive things, hospitals. So I would hope that at a minimum, the Vercada company and the customers that Vercada has look at this situation to look at their third-party vendors, look at their exposure, and say, what kind of controls do you have in place? Use this as an example, right? This could be you looking back at Solar Winds, Microsoft, you know, getting into Microsoft. Those are things. How that dwell time really kind of determines the amount of damage that could happen. I mean, also, you know, Solar Winds one two three, right? That's a running joke. And then right. this article also brought up the fact that uh, the the super admin account, um, you know there everyone knew about it Salespeople knew about it everyone knew this was like the running joke in the company when you need to get into the device like i don't think anyone thought of this as a joke but it was like oh yeah you just everyone knows this password it's like the secret once you get employed here you learn that and that's how we access all of them or you're an was, yeah an intern in this case yeah so <laughs> it, it, it's uh is the company liable for this like is it their I, I mean, were they doing their due diligence here? I think so. If everybody <laughs> knew about it, everybody knew about it. And then on top of it, it was available on the web for someone to find. It's that probably in the manual. Negligence. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially yeah, that's just in, it's in their online wiki. It's in their support page online. I think just shows a lack of, if it is that into depth with everyone who the password, just shows bad. Uh, Oh, what's what's the word? Group when, policy. 
<laughs> policy, yeah, but I'm just thinking they didn't care about security, right? They didn't have any security in their culture. And I think that's a, that's what it always comes back to is these companies just don't care about security or just don't understand it, don't realize it, which I think blowing br little breaches up like this is important to try to inject that cultural security into your corporation or company Absolutely. or whatever. And somewhat for someone to speak up about this, if the whole company knew and no one spoke about it, I'm guessing they didn't really have a security person at all or one that just hopefully he did speak up about it and documented it properly that he did. Right. I, so, th but if I was on the security team in charge of that, that would be like the first thing about like, right. what, like that, right. that's the password for everything. All right. Mm -hmm. I got an idea guys. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of comes back to that shared responsibility model though. I mean, it, Yes, there's some liability on the company side that they had poor system architecture. It was a single, you know, multi-tenancy versus single tenancy. They have all their customers in one act place with admin credentials that can access it. But it's also some liability on the customers too. You have to go out and vet your vendors and your solutions and make sure they have the proper controls in place. Absolutely. And that's not a perfect scenario. I mean, you can get do you can get third-party audits and SOC 2 reports, yeah. but it's it's better than nothing. It's, it's a small amount of due diligence. Well, and I think it also kind of brings in the, the necessity for, especially for these super admin accounts, like a privileged access management system that actually legitimately works that will rotate those creds. So even if there was a super admin account that everyone has and knows about those creds for whatever get rotated hourly or daily at the, at the least, just so that if it does get publicly released then or at each use exactly yeah mm -hmm. absolutely yeah that would be an awesome solution but even so i i think it's more culture right like even if you did have them audited right and have their policy and send that sock to or vetted them somehow i i just don't i don't even trust that like uh how do you know they didn't lie how do you know they didn't do stuff like hopefully you got they got a good vendor or someone good to do that vendor risk or you gave them that vendor but even then i don't know i don't know i don't it, it still hits me that i think it's just a cultural thing does that does that make sense or no am i going too deep into it no i mean i, I think that makes sense. it makes total yeah yeah, yeah. I just don't trust policy <laughs> I've, I've had a lot of experience with IP cameras. security cameras right yeah yeah I've had a lot of experience with IP cameras and kind of the, the big players in those industries, right? And I mean, most of the time they're pretty simple devices, but security historically has not been in their culture, right? That's not what they're selling. They're, I, and I know that seems counterintuitive because they're selling a product to help secure your physical building, but they're, they care about like, you know, how good a quality it is, like all this other stuff, right? And it, it doesn't have to do with the actual devices, but each of those devices are now full computers, right? I mean, they're running their own processors. Sometimes they have dedicated AI chips on them for image recognition to do video processing on device. It, they're getting much more advanced. And in this particular case, this company was like, hey, you know what? We're just going to make all these online. They actually, that was their selling point. That was how they marketed their company, that we were an all cloud-based IP camera solution, edge recording, the whole device is there. And so they should have had security in their culture because they're getting to the most dangerous side. They're not behind a firewall, right? 
This, um, it reminds me a lot uh, of the Mirai botnet, if you remember that, which also took over the DVRs for cameras and then was used as a DDoS. The little, still cameras, but not the, the same type of security. But sure. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, well, so I guess the hacker, quote unquote, got caught reading a manual using this super user password. <laughs> I don't know if he actually found it in the manual. Manual, but it was publicly online, right? So he didn't, you know, credential stuff or guess his password. He did just find find it, which, um, you know, how much of a hack? Computer fraud. Uh, yeah. Path of least resistance. Okay, but you know, um, like and, summer twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you shouldn't have used it, but that doesn't mean I can log in and you know take your money or yeah. you know access no. your account. So just just because just because it's bad on you doesn't mean that I can just take that to you know to run with it, right? Right. Uh, absolutely, guys. Um. All right. Well, I think the only other thing I had. Well, so I know uh, a couple things. One, we've been avoiding talking about ransomware because it happens all the time, <laughs> right? It's like every time. And while we were building this plan, I had some amazing ideas of how I want to build like a ransomware hit list where we just show the ransomware companies that have gotten hit. You know, uh, we're not there yet, but <laughs> I did want to talk about the uh, two big ransomwares that did happen. Uh, we'll quickly just hit them up. And that is uh, Course uh, was, I don't have the articles here to show up, um, but if you just type in Course ransomware, I'm sure there's 1900 articles to look up about this. But uh, Course was hit by ransomware. And in addition, uh, Acer was hit by ransomware as well and that one was just recently right um i think we've talked a lot about what people should be doing but uh, i feel like just ignoring it we should at least just say hey it's still happening guys big companies um should be tuning into our newscast possible i don't know right um yeah I think yeah. it just comes down to doing the fundamentals, right? I mean, really, these big companies are so big trying to move with the next initiative, trying to go to market first. And a lot of times the fundamentals get left behind, yeah. right? And then you've got this big sprawling organization. And then if you've got the right combination of vulnerabilities slash misconfiguration slash bad luck, yeah, then it's game over. And that's, and unfortunately... Not enough, as much as ransomware and lockerware and everything has happened, I don't think enough companies take it seriously where security needs to have the right investment, right? If you, you say that you want to go cloud first, but you have a 10-character password policy, you're probably going to have a bad time, right? And that comes back to those fundamentals. That won't fix everything, but you can really eliminate a lot of your undue risk that you're causing yourself that's just my opinion yeah and we've really brought up that the ransomware is the symptom it's not the problem right mm -hmm. right right all the stuff in front of that you're just seeing like the end result of all of the problems that you may have inside of your exactly. organization um so but I think that's all I had for today. Um, I really enjoyed having the biggest cast ever for the best news. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> best news. We, we should uh, at the top of the the show where we had 
nine people uh, watching. We kind of we said what we we're doing here. So everybody who's here is the nerd herders, and uh, they all came from our Discord server, which I just put a link on the uh, YouTube chat because someone actually requested it. So I threw it in there. If you're watching, you can probably still get to the chat. If not, uh, maybe I'll put it in the show notes things on YouTube. But with that said, who are the nerd herders? Why are you guys important? Well, I know Jason has been working with you guys on uh, uh, pitching stuff. So does any one of you want to give us the pitch for who are you guys? And why are you on, on this newscast as our special guest for this new plane building broadcast? <laughs> yeah. So um, I think... When COVID hit, and I think BHIS kind of pivoted to Discord for the model of most of their uh, community interactions, everything that's been going on, uh, several of us kind of gleaned onto that and have been helping out in the communities with the different training classes that BHIS does and Wild West Hack and Fest as well. So uh, we've all been kind of in the trial by fire. And so we've all been kind of pulled through and... Uh, have gotten more involved and, and have gotten kind of identified as that. So that's where uh, Jason and everybody else has started kind of leaning to us to just ask and see if we're interested to help. So, Yep. Anybody else want to add to that? You guys have been uh, a great help. You're going to take it? No, I mean, that was great. It was beautiful. There's oh, you're going to take his comments. Said. <laughs> you guys have all been a great help to the to the community. I know I, I've seen you guys helping out uh, other people in webcasts and and stuff like that. So it's actually kind of cool for us to be able to feature you as our sudden special guest on <laughs> today's news as broadcast. As, so as we as thank Jason you very much. And, and John uh, thanks. are not here. We just roll it. We're just yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. So uh, I want to add thanks for jumping on here being such great sports because you did not know you were going to do this today <laughs> nope. when you jumped onto your your group chat for the day not at all but then again neither did we <laughs> we just kind of hey let's just do it it's like okay so you guys are awesome sports so uh as of course all the nerd herders are even the ones who network uh connection crapped out or didn't quite make this or <laughs> oh no camera um no thanks <laughs> uh but again, thank you guys. We appreciated having you on. Uh, I know Ralph appreciated having someone else to talk to who knows about security because I'm the editor of the other video guy. A conversation between me and Ralph would not have been very yeah, interesting. It would have been, been absolutely <laughs> horrible. I'm not great by myself. <laughs> so I need some help. So, well, I was glad to meet you. Ryan, though. Like, we get those great recordings after the classes. And so it's nice to put you know, the name with the face there too. So it's nice meeting well, you, Ryan. No, me too. Hey, I'm going to do welcome. a, I'm going to do a shameless plug. Uh, I am speaking tomorrow at the wild west hacking fest, blue team roundup. Uh, oh, yeah. My name is Blake Regan. You'll see me on the lineup there. So come on down, check it out. And, uh, you know, we'll have some good content, a lot of great speakers and somehow I made it up on that lineup. So we'll just have to wing it and see how it goes. Oh, you're worthy. You're worthy. <laughs> you're worthy. You're worthy. <laughs> oh, thanks. Insert I wing world gift. 
There was no shame uh, in that plug. No, no. no. <laughs> and again, we get to plug the roundup for tomorrow for Old Wild West Hacking Fest, which I completely forgot about because I was just focused on on this. Um, so again, thanks for that because uh, we definitely should uh, share that news. It's tomorrow. I think there's still time to register. Yeah, people um, in the chat are asking for the link. We'll have to uh, we'll have to get that out there. Um, I'm making this up as I go, so I don't have it <laughs> handy to give you guys. Um, but, oh, if you go to the Wild West Hack and Fest website, uh, Google it that. It should be out there, yep. It yeah. should be on there. It'll be there. It's we needed it somewhere. We needed to yes, designate a, a substitute team Jason and Deb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both out today. Uh, they missed out because they got migraines and they're having bad days. Uh, not to put down migraines are not fun. So I understand they're having miserable days. So not to put them down for that, but, uh, they unfortunately missed out on, on the fun part here because they could have been here too. Maybe next time. Oh, we got a link. Thank you. Zero cool. I'm going to share that to the, I already got in the YouTube. Yeah. Wade got it. Wade got it already. Oh, awesome. It's, it's a awesome. nerd herder. You got to be quick with the links. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Our job. These guys are in the chat. They're like Proving why you guys man. are here once again. <laughs> All right. So I guess this is going to bring our, our webcast to the end for today. Uh, our newscast. I'm going to hit our, our wonderful music. Thanks to Bo. And uh, we're going to sign off. Back to work. You got five minutes.